0: If you believe, then just throw on a pair of your comfiest, coziest headphones and get ready to enjoy another episode of RSL Season Pass. Brought to you by your fearless hosts, Alex, Ethan, and Cody, as they bring you up to speed on all the latest news and rumors about Rayal Salt Lake. Hello everybody and welcome to RSL Season Pass. I am Ethan Kershaw and I am joined today by Cody Kershaw and Alex Maurer to bring you all things Real Salt Lake. We are excited to uh to uh excited, <laughs> so excited is <laughs> to, to, to bring you this episode today to talk about the game that was um this this uh, last weekend against uh, the columbus crew um we'll make sure to dive into a review of that game we've also got our pod trivia segment which alex says he's cooked up a fantastic question for us today we've also got our monarchs minute um royal roundup doesn't exist for today because there is no news um as cody will will uh not tell us, I guess. Um, And then we've also got a preview for the game against Charlotte uh, this weekend for RSL. Before we dive into the episode, though, be sure, if you haven't already, to follow RSL Season Pass. You can find us at RSL Season Pass on Twitter, on the socials. Also, um, if you go to www.rslseasonpass.com, you can find our website. It has all of our episodes. Be sure to listen to... Episodes, if you've missed them, or just listen to this one. Be sure to rate and review. We'd very much appreciate uh, any ratings that you would like to leave. So let's go ahead and get into the episode today. Um, I'll start. I'll start off with Alex because we didn't have you last week, and uh, we've got you back this week. Ten minute rant incoming, potentially. But Possibly. Alex, <laughs> how? Uh, I won't ask about.
1: I won't say necessarily how are you doing, but besides the game, how are you doing? How about that? Uh, besides the game, I'm doing great. I okay. My school had spring break this week, so I didn't have to work. It was terrific. And I went cross-country to Washington, D.C. on a field trip with the 11th graders as a chaperone, and that was just a fantastic time. They did... So many fun things, and we walked an average of like nine and a half miles every day. It was terrific and a lot of work, and my back hurt really bad when I got back, but I am doing just fine now. That was really busy, and now I'm going into my very last week of student teaching. So, again, if you're a principal out there in the Salt Lake Valley, preferably Salt Lake or Granite School Districts, (laughs) and you're looking for an English teacher or a history teacher, that was my minor, Um, I don't enjoy it as much, but it will still pay the bills, uh, come hit me up and we will set up an interview and I will just blow you away, I, I promise. <laughs> but yeah, outside of RSL, everything is just smack dab wonderful. And inside RSL, you know, we'll get to that. We'll get oh, to that. Congrats. The snow has been really tough because my U13s yeah. can't practice. They keep closing our fields. Uh, which I'm just waiting for
0: an update about your U13s today. It's been That's,
1: weeks, at so. this point... It's kind of the only reason I really do this podcast anymore because I it, it, we call it RSL Season Pass, but it's really CFCU 13 Season Pass because that's the team that's really, <laughs> you know, succeeding at this point because they've just got a stellar head coach and just uh, dogs. They got dogs in the midfield, in attack, in defense, goalkeeper, also a dog. So, you know, I like to feel like that's really why people tune in is to, to catch up on us. We haven't played our first game yet. We're going to. It's going to be great. We're going to get promoted to D1 and everybody's going to love it.
0: Well, we've now um, coincidentally made a new segment called Alex's U13 boys. It's whenever I ask Alex how he's doing. It's just how CFC. Yeah, exactly, I got my CFC
1: yeah. Kite <laughs> on right now. It looks there so you good. Go.
0: Well, congrats and good luck with that, Alex. Cody, how are you doing today besides uh, RSL-related
2: stuff? Yeah, again, it has to be besides RSL-related stuff. I'm good. Um, and it sounds like Alex got more fitness in than most of the real players because
1: based Ooh, off what we saw, that's...
2: that's- that's what uh, that's what it looked like. Um, and Alex talked about being such a good
1: head coach. Maybe there's an opening soon in your in your local area. We'll hey, see. I already applied for a scouting position. And they told me <laughs> kindly to uh, resubmit when I have a little bit yeah. more experience. Yeah, but I'm 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 doing good. Um, it's been we, we've had
2: some weird weather this week. It's been snow and then it's been nice and it's been windy and which I guess is just typical Utah fashion. So um, but yeah, I all things all things unrelated to sports i'm good ethan good. how are you doing thank you alex i appreciate
1: you asking i, was, I had been waiting <laughs> as soon as i pressed play on this episode ethan
0: you know speaking about the crazy weather there's been a lot out here in, uh, in a da- lonely old davis county where i'm sure nobody else listening to this podcast exists um but how from- <laughs> tough we're, the we're one guy of- listening in davis county right now it feels it, sometimes it feels like the middle of nowhere. But um, tweet at us if you're listening from Davis County. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think there's a few know. people. There's a few people. Um, but no, in American Fork, I never had it. Well, okay, I had flood issues, but it was because of like a, a faulty drain issue. But out here, I've had some neighbors have issues with flooding. So this last weekend, I was helping people move furniture out of their flooded houses, and it was wet and it was cold. And, uh, yeah, that's basically how my weekend's been is wet and cold. And, um, you know, uh, Saturday, Saturday evening did not really help the mood um, too much, but I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, someone in, in, uh, I think it was Eric mentioned, he's like, you know what? I sure hope that that watch party's still carrying you through the season. And boy, is it, I don't even care. <laughs> I'm, I don't even care, it was man. So I'm well. happy. I'm just here. I'm here for the team. I'm here to enjoy the experience and. And to see the chaos and uh, and see everything burn, so which is kind of happening right now. But we'll get into that today before we jump into the madness oh, that was yesterday. Um, we we're recording today on a Sunday afternoon. Um, the sun is kind of sort of out. It's a little cloudy, a little cold. But uh, Alex, let's go ahead and get into our pod trivia segment with a fantastic question.
1: Yes, this comes from the Pod Trivia database and comes more specifically who from uh, who I have now anointed, the Pod Trivia president, Brian Gibson, because he is sending in heater after heater week after week. So thank you, Brian. RSL welcomes 2022 Queen City expansion side Charlotte FC to Utah for the inaugural match between the two clubs. But it is not the first time RSL has welcomed an opponent hailing from either the Tar Heel or Palmetto State. Which Carolina lower level side has RSL most recently hosted in a competitive non-preseason match? Please be multiple it, choice. It is multiple choice. <laughs> goodness. Dude, the pod trivia president, Brian Gibson, doesn't mess around. Is it A? He follows the format perfectly. I love it. Is it A, the Greenville Triumph SC? Is it B, Charlotte Independence? Is it C, Wilmington Hammerheads? Is it D, Charleston Battery? Please go I'll give them to the you bars. one more time. Is it A, Greenville Triumph, B, Charlotte Independence, C, Wilmington Hammerheads, or D, Charleston Battery? If, if if Twitter gets this right, I will be shocked. Because if I get this right, I will be shocked. I don't know. I knew this one. Really? Okay. Okay. If it gives you, okay, if it hint, it was a US Open Cup match. Okay. And you know the US Open Cup zealot that I am. I remember this match fondly. <laughs> Cody, are you answering first or am I answering first? I
0: just said, please go to Ethan first. All right. Well, Ethan, so, it is. You got this, Ethan. Wilmington, <laughs> because I have no reason to base it on Wilmington.
1: You are choosing C Wilmington Hammerheads. Cody, sure. sound Thanks logic.
2: I'm going to say Charlotte
1: Independence. Okay. Well, I have good news for one of you. It is C, Wilmington Hammerheads FC, the 2016 <laughs> U.S. Open Cup tied 2-2, 3-1 on PK's RSL advanced. it. What a game. What a game it was. And that was the last time that we have hosted a team from either North or South Carolina until this Saturday. Again, thank you, Brian Gibson, for sending it in. You really don't think Twitter is going to get that one? Do you guys really not remember that game? I don't think I remember much of the – I remember the PK shootout, and I remember that the team's name was Wilmington Hammerheads because I think yeah. – um, what was the Monarchs coach name who coached there? Uh, the dude that was fired for non-soccer-related reasons. And some people have a really hard time forgiving him, not forgiving him for that. I don't know if there was – Let's just, if you're listening to this and you know exactly what I'm talking about, let's just say a lack of evidence isn't evidence in the defense of a person. Let's just say that. Uh, But I digress. It was the Wilmington Hammerheads. Shout out the Wilmington Hammerheads. Wilmington
0: Hammerheads. Excellent. Well, I sure hope Twitter um, can get that one right. Uh, Maybe you'll get as lucky as I did. I I don't know. Complete guess. but You don't have to let the people know that, Ethan. Uh, yeah, I knew you just exactly say you what Alex was doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest and say I had no idea. But um, thank you very much for the pod trivia question, Brian, and um, for presenting, Alex. We appreciate it. Let's go ahead and get into our Monarchs Minute. Alex has a minute or so, of fantastic information on the Monarchs that, um, well, their first game didn't go as planned,
1: but uh, we'll talk a little bit about their second game. Alex, go ahead and uh, get us going. The Monarchs are coming off a bye, and that creates some difficulties for a podcast that records on Sunday afternoons because they play on Sunday when we are recording this episode against Tacoma Defiance, Seattle Sounders affiliate. Tacoma tied their season opener and then won the subsequent penalty shootout to give themselves a total of two points in the standings. The Monarchs will be without newly signed forward Xavier Gozo as he was suspended due to a red card in the Monarchs season opener in which, as Ethan mentioned, they lost three to zero. That is all the Monarchs news. The roster is what it is. I have no idea who most of them are. I'm going to give it a month or two before I decide to actually learn who they are because that roster is just so fluid that it's hard to keep up, but there is your Monarchs minute.
0: Thank you very much, Alex. Uh, I, it probably I mean, a lot of guys returned from international duty, so a lot of guys that would have played with monarchs potentially could be back, but like we'll talk about the RSL roster and, and how they lined up for this game against Columbus and why they may still be without a couple of guys. And if it I don't know, if if I'm not mistaken, I could have sworn I saw Bertine Jakison with the first team in Columbus, but he wasn't he on, the he was on the bench or anything. Bench. Oh, he, he wasn't? Trace
1: tweeted out that it was possible that it was his first appearance. He was on, I think okay. he was on the
0: roster. Yeah, he was on. The, I, I, according to the the graphic that the team put out, he was not in the starting lineup or oh, the bench, weird. which fun. is odd. But um, yeah, Monarchs could probably use someone like him if he's not going to be playing at all. I don't know, but yeah, ESPN says he was on the bench. <clears throat> okay, maybe he was on the bench then, um, but maybe Pablo didn't even notice him. Nobody else did, so
1: <laughs> never That's mind. Because ESPN opinion. also says that Scott Caldwell was on the bench, so I don't know that that is Scott the Caldwell was on the source. bench. I have that too. Oh, he was. Yes, he was. Why was I thinking we traded away Scott Caldwell? Wow,
0: because he does not. Never mind. Man alive, has he played this year? <laughs> yes, he's like started a
1: game. I think too. He like totally did. too I was thinking Nick Beasley. I had just, I had just combined. I had just intertwined Nick Beasley and Scott Caldwell into one person and thought for okay. sure that they were gone. That's, That's hilarious. it's you know, good. Reason. Of, wow, they kind of are one person. I in see some that. Ways. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, Perfect. Nick Beasler, what is he I doing? He's, I was like, wow, ESPN's totally wrong. Those idiots, they don't even see, know who's on our roster.
0: Did you see that news about Nick Beasler? I think he's playing on a 7-7 yes, seven team seven. for like yeah. a million dollar that prize
1: tournament thing. It starts in June. So, um, I see him yeah. coaching at GL all the time when I have my U13 CFC team there on Friday afternoon. It's kind of
0: crazy that Nick Beasler couldn't find like another job somewhere else. Like doing something more, (laughs) I don't know. It's it's it's, Cody, I heard you. (laughs) Is that crazy? (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean, lower leagues would absolutely take Nick Beezer 100%. I think I'm sure they they would. Um, anyways, (laughs) (laughs) anyways, um, we're gonna go ahead and get into the Columbus review. Um, Cody, you have any to anything to say on the Monarchs? I didn't think you did, but
2: no, but I I do want to add for. The Royal Roundup. We're going to skip it this week because there isn't any news. And I guess that's kind of to be expected while they're still trying to figure out their staff and their team. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that's not being advertised. A lot of interviews, a lot of people that they're talking to that is not made publicly available or talked about openly. So we just assume all that's going on behind the scenes. And once we've got something solid, we will update here.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much uh, for the non-existent Royal Roundup today. Um, All right, let's get into the Columbus Review, uh, if we shall. We will try our best to make (laughs) you not so sad, as I'm sure you were sad while you were watching this game. But um, some notable things. Uh, The most notable of them all made Alex a very, very happy man yesterday, before the game. Not necessarily during or after, but before the game, Alex was very, very happy as Gavin Beavers, 17-year-old Gavin Beavers. Beaver boy starts at at goalkeeper for the team, takes over for this game. This is his first career MLS start, a big moment for him. And then we see Brian Vera get his second consecutive start, along with Emeka and Nelly at right back. Some changes up top. Um, Rubio Rubin comes back into the starting lineup, and Elijah Paul also gets his first career MLS start. Notably, Demir Krylock, Anderson Julio, and Andres Gomez all started on the bench for this game with Justin Miram and Mike Chang manning the wings. Um, Paulo Ruiz and Brian Ojeda, unfortunately, in the midfield. And Andrew Brody, unfortunately, <laughs> left snuck back. snuck that one in there, okay. Which we, um, yeah, we have talked at length about Andrew Brody, and I'm sure we'll talk about him a little bit more today. But this game was um, immediately rough game. Uh, Gavin Beavers had a, a headed shot that was right to him for his first career. MLS, MLS save. Yeah. Sensational. Tom straight out. Caliber stuff. And Alex kept tweeting and said, Gavin Beavers is undefeated. He's the best ever.
1: He never was on defeated. pace to never concede an MLS goal in his career. He was on pace. And then that pace 13 was minutes.
0: <laughs> halted in the 14th minute when the Columbus crew completely took over with some fantastic passing moves as Lucas Zellerion has a perfectly back tapped pass to Aiden Morris, who slots it past Gavin Beavers. It's a hard driven shot to. The saying, he did slot it. Right. He
1: ripped that thing.
0: Yeah, it was, it, it was a hard driven shot to, to Gavin Beavers, right? Um, make it very Beavers, clear it was unsavable. Unsavable. It, it was. It was pretty unsavable. Beavers surprisingly almost, know, got, almost there. got there. It, it was it was somewhat close. But um, unfortunately, Columbus Crew go up 1 0. Then just before halftime, at, in the 41st minute, um Paulo Ruiz makes a, a terrible error and mistake, and um not even sure why he was going for the ball, but ends up tripping a Columbus player in the box. Lucas Zellarayan steps up to take the penalty, um, nets it past Beavers. Beavers was rooted to the spot, didn't even move, unfortunately, and the crew go up two to zero at halftime. Halftime changes though. Diego Luna comes into the game at halftime, um, in place for Justin Miram. And then also Elijah Paul was replaced with Anderson by Anderson Julio. Um, so two changes at halftime for RSL didn't really make a difference. In the, uh, like seven minutes later in the 53rd minute, Aiden Morris, um, there's a shot and Gavin Beaver saves it, but doesn't hold on to, it, unfortunately comes out of his hands. And as the ball is rolling back into the goal, Aiden Morris just taps it in for a three nil Columbus lead. Time goes on, and unfortunately, Yaya Boa, who is a substitute for this game for the Columbus crew, um, gets a ball that is kind of in the run of play, and Gavin Beavers is a little out of place. The the team was, uh, it's not on Gavin Beavers at all, the team was just completely all out of sorts on this one, and the ball just falls to Yaya Boa, who just puts it into an open net for an easy goal. This game ends four to zero for the Columbus crew. This is now the second consecutive game where RSL has allowed four goals. They've been all scored in the last two games, oh, eight to were? zero on aggregate. So not great for RSL. Unbelievable. There's a lot to get into into this, in this game, but maybe not so much. Um, I, I think we're just going to kind of talk about how bad the team was. And there are some positives to take as there are positives from every game. You have to dig very, very, very deep to find those positives but um, Alex, let's let's get
1: started with this. And um, where did this all wrong? I <laughs> so appreciate your enthusiasm because I agree. I don't want to just do a slug fest on RSL because those episodes aren't fun to record and yeah. people don't listen to them. So it's not what I want to do. But I want to be honest. And the only positive, the only positive from this game that I take away is Gavin Beavers. He got a start, and that's sensational. That's something that Pablo Masterwenny has not done in his time here, has chosen to play a young player, not out of necessity, not out of injury, but out of choice. This is the first time that he has done that. Zach McMath on the bench for non-injury-related reasons, simply just lighting a fire under him. This is the first time that Pablo has really gone out of his way to do this. Uh, If somebody says, uh, not young. Nelly, twenty-four years old. The Elijah Paul. I'm not going to give you those two. Not young players. And when okay. he specifically came out and said that David Ochoa needed like a college experience, next <laughs> college players, I I don't view in the same ilk as a 17 year old high school. Look, I just spent five days with 17 year olds in Washington D.C. The fact that you can turn some of those people into professional athletes is sensationally uh, impressive to me. So the fact that he's out there is is the major positive that I see from this game, yeah. and. That's it. <laughs> and everything else is a huge bummer. Andrew Brody sucks. Like it, all of a sudden we're realizing, oh, there's a reason he was behind Aaron Herrera on the depth chart. Brian I was, Barrett, not a Star back.
0: I, I saw a tweet from you that just, you know, it like it, it's mind-blowing how so many of the RSL players have just been significantly. Everyone's regressed this year.
1: Everyone has regressed on the it's whole. Crazy. Nobody, not a single player. Looks better in any of their 2023 minutes than they did at any point in 2022. Not a single player I looks to have improved. I and agree. Because <laughs> I'm looking specifically at Jasper Leffelsund, Pablo yeah. Ruiz, Brian Ojeda,
0: Rubio like, Rabin. Like Zach two. Mass kind of like neutral, and he didn't even play in this game. Zach but Mass like, looked
1: bad. He, yeah. He got well, cooked. Saint he got Louis cooked at bad. home. He, uh, Justin Glad, bad. Marcelo Silva, bad. Andrew Brody, as I mentioned, bad. Brian Oviedo hasn't really shown at all this year or Anderson Julio, he is Anderson yeah, Julio. Jefferson yeah. Yeah, right. Sabarino looks way worse. You can't Demir Krylock wasn't even a starter in this game, and I asked Pablo post game because this is the first time I believe truly I believe yeah. this is the first time ever he's been one hundred percent healthy. That Demir has been one hundred percent healthy and was benched, and I asked Pablo, was it tactical reasons or was it health related? He said it was tactical, and then he mentioned that you know they are going to try to ease him back, but he said it was a tactical decision they wanted to play with two out and out forwards, and Dami didn't fit.
0: Why did not you put Domi as an out-and-out me.
1: forward? That Domi's not an out-and-out. I get it. I kind of get it. He scores and a crap ton of goals like that. That doesn't mean he's an out-and-out year. forward, though. He's more of a years combiner, years I think. Uh, but that was one interesting thing to me, was that yeah. Pablo was willing to actually change something. Because in the past, we've seen him just, you know, we're beating our heads against a wall, trotting out the same lineup in the same formation. He tried something today. And yeah. I think that also kind of sucks because it felt like a scheduled loss. It felt like they had decided before this game kicked off that we were going to lose and that that was going to be okay. And that felt like the reason Gavin Beavers was starting, not because they actually thought he could be competitive or the reason that Dio Luna gets a full half. I think he's putting him into, I think Pablo is putting Luna into a spot to fail. I think he is actively making the decision to put him into a difficult position and that he doesn't expect him to actually succeed. And when you see the best player in Demir Krylock not coming onto the game until 15 minutes left, or you see the best player, Jefferson Sabarino at home, I, I don't know, man. I just, I'm so dejected after this one in like a new form of defeat. It just sucks.
0: Yeah, RSL sucks. had RSL had eight total shots in this game, five on target. but One of most them was of those- good. Yeah, most good, of those shots maybe? were near the end of the game too and they were trying to play catch-up and just it, the game didn't really matter. But I I, I, I didn't see anything of notice attacking-wise in this game. RSL got completely dominated. Um, 18 shots allowed, 6 on target for Columbus. Um, and then possession, 59% for Columbus. Columbus had over 100 more passes than RSL, just completely dominated the passing game, ran circles around them. Um, it was a tough game to watch. I... I I'm happy that Emeka and Nelly started again because I think that and his and prospects are bright for the future. But Cody, I, I know you're wanting to get stuff out. So <laughs> I know you've been a big proponent of Diego Luna. He got some time in this game, as Alex mentioned, not a great spot. What did you think from this one?
2: Well, I, I did want to add to what you were saying real quick with, with Emeka and Nelly. He looked good, I thought. He, yep. he, was, he yep. was probably our most solid defender. The last, the last two games, he's
0: Probably he has he,
2: looked good. He looks very good on the ball. The he's got a great ability to dribble around people and link up play. Yeah. Um, and his defending ability has been serviceable for for, you know, the position he's stepping into and where he's come from. Mm -hmm. Diego Luna, Alex nailed it. He's being set up in a position to fail. And it sucks because it was the same
1: thing last year in Atlanta. The one start he got was with a rotated squad midweek in I think it was midweek. It might not have been in Atlanta. And then he failed and Pablo pulled him at halftime and then said in the postgame pressers that like he he, he didn't do well enough. It's like, well, what else could you reasonably expect him to do? Right, and that's unfortunately the same thing that that we see right
2: now. And you're in a position right now where you've lost back-to-back games four to zero. At this point, what do you have to lose by starting someone like Diego Luna? You've started someone like Gavin Spears. Sure. It's
1: true. And Another game is the answer.
2: You have another game to lose. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. Okay. And, and, and you know, at the end of the day, how much is that even important at, at this point? Exactly. Like, yeah. we want to win, sure, but right now we're we're flirting with last place in West. And anyway. Uh, to, to go back to what I was saying a little bit with with Diego Luna you ha- we have to be able to give him the chances to succeed not from a losing position because when we put him on when we're down 2 zero we are asking him to do things that no player on our team is going to do a lot of players in the MLS are not going to be and able that's to not do. really like his thing too sometimes it's like, not and to his credit I don't remember who he was linking up with when he got his shot uh, on goal He didn't have the greatest shot there, but the link up play was phenomenal to create that chance. Um, And I want to see that more throughout the game. Gavin Beavers, I think on the last two goals, can do better. The only difference is that if we start someone like Zach McMath and Zach McMath can do better on those two goals, we expect Zach McMath to do better on those goals. This is Gavin Beavers' first start in the MLS. If he makes some mistakes, if he's a little bit shaky, that's, I, I expect those things. I don't expect him to come in and be some veteran goalkeeper who's making crazy saves right out the gate. Um, so he gets a little bit more grace than somebody like Zach McMath would in a 4 0 loss. Um, and what I, you know, I, it, it's incredibly hard to have that first goal scored on you and maintain your confidence, maintain your level of feeling like you know what you're doing out there in a game that just gets completely beyond you. And, you know, as the goalkeeper trying to, to help control a back line, that starts to fall apart a little bit. Brian Vera looked looked pretty shaky. He was not able to track anybody on defense to save his life. Andrew Brody, the same thing we've seen in the last three games, giving the ball away way too easily. Andrew Brody has has stifled consistently some of our attacking chances by just giving the ball away
1: on an easy pass that needs to be made. Not um, to mention our forwards and wingers who are holding the ball so long, and somebody just came yeah. and took it right behind them. It's so room. often, so many times. times, it was unbelievable.
2: Yeah. So, I, I, one of the one of the biggest things I wanted to touch on from this game was the the post game uh, discussion. Yeah, the that's exactly interviews. where I was going to take us. It it Pablo Mastroeni has to take accountability for this team. I, you can't spin this any other way. What we saw yesterday in this post-game, the post-game interviews was Justin Glad taking that accountability and him feeling that pressure. And you could hear it and you could see it from him. He looked and sounded frustrated, stressed, and defeated.
0: I want to add and, something to that real quick. This is the lowest and like worst I have ever seen Justin Glad since covering the team.
2: Yeah, and I want Pablo to feel that. And he did not sound like he felt that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day... It doesn't, in asking Pablo different questions, he has constantly said, well, it's about the players. It's about the 11 players that are on the field. It's about scoring. It's about mentality. Yeah, and and, and (laughs) and he's right. It is. But there's a person who gets all of that together that then trots the lineup out and gets the team going in that direction. And that is Pablo. That is the head coach. And if he is not up to the challenge, then we need to find somebody who is because so far he's dropping the ball, not just with his approach, but with the locker room.
1: And I feel slightly different than you. I don't, as like, I'm would. i not going to call myself a quote reporter, but as someone in those post-game press conferences asking questions, I don't, like personally, I don't need Pablo to show up looking defeated and physically like commiserating. And because Jeff Cassar did that and it was super obnoxious a lot of the time (laughs) where it was just like, oh, woe is me. Like I let everybody down. Like I don't necessarily need that from Pablo. And as a leader, you know, you kind of want your guy to feel like he's still – on top of everything. So I didn't mind the delivery of his answers, but I take extreme issue with the content of his answers. I asked him specifically um, just kind of about the play style and what was really the tactics. Actually, I didn't ask this question. I don't remember who did, but the quote that came out was that too often in attack, we look for the killer pass. You must link passes to feel comfortable on the ball. Entirely antithetical to everything he has spouted throughout preseason coverage. How often have you guys heard him use the word vertical or verticality yeah. or playing forward or playing in behind a defense that is looking for the killer pass that is yep. bypassing the midfield in combination play in looking for the quote killer pass. And that is a yep. low percentage pass. It just, it, it is. And then he complains about Diego Luna, not being physical enough and being too much of a possession player and a guy that wants to get on the ball and dictate the pace of play. He says, that's a bad thing. And then it's not, conducive to the way the team wants to play. And then he says, we need to get touches on the ball to feel comfortable. So, so what is it? You're seemingly complaining about the things that you have been coaching your team to do. If you're coaching them to get in behind, if you're playing with two out and out strikers, because you want to stretch the field, then you can't complain about low percentage quote killer passes, because that's going to be a foundation of that approach. So for me, that is where I really took issue with some of his answers was in how contradictory they felt. And maybe that was just a, like a conveyance, a communication thing. But to me, it felt like a lack of vision from the top down in how they want to play. Because if, as Justin Glad said, as Pablo Mastroeni said, practices have really been that good, then there's a problem. If your practices are Justin going Glenn, so well... yeah. Because he really reiterated that. He's like, we've been been doing great in
0: practice. It's just not translating to games. Exactly. So
1: if there's a lack of translation from what you're practicing to what you should be accomplishing, my guess is that comes down to the execution in the game plan of the coach. If you're doing everything the coach wants you to do right in practice and then you're getting walloped 4-0 in back-to-back weeks, something that the coach is trying to convey is not getting across correctly or is just misplaced and they're not being able to achieve what they should in games because their practices are not actually mimicking how a successful team plays on game day. So for me, that was the most frustrating part of this night. I don't need Pablo to be sad in post-game pressers, but I do need him or would really like him to at least be honest and try to convey what he really is attempting. And again, I like that he changed it up. I like that he went out and put out a different roster with different players in hopes of trying to get something out of them. And I understand that the roster sucks <laughs> like, like, looking at this roster. You're, you, you don't have Jefferson Sabarino due to personal family reasons. When pressed about that in the conference uh, by Tom Hackett, he just mentioned that it was family reasons. He doesn't know exactly when he'll be back. He said they were hopeful that he would be back this week. And then Tom Hackett during the game tweeted out that Jefferson Sabarino in practice on Thursday was having an extremely difficult time with a simple crossing drill and was muttering to himself after every attempt Paolo that's like your whole thing dude like as this ted lasso mentality coach that's like the whole thing that's <laughs> like what you do is you're a man motivator and a culture builder and if your best player is coming in and can't get the self-confidence to compete at the level that is expected of him where is all of that community building that you've spent so much time you know electing a players council having them keep people accountable if you're putting in smoothie bars like he mentioned a car wash so long ago like all of these things (laughs) are worthless if your best player can't get out and play and maybe it is just family stuff maybe it is like and i totally am cognizant and sympathetic to that, that maybe he's just going through a tough time as an individual but i just feel like if it's i just don't know and I don't want to pontificate too much on that because we don't know the details. But it's just like yeah. if it, it's just really an indication of how bad the roster is. But then you look at Anderson, Julio, Demir, Krylak, and Carlos Gomez on the bench. Wow, dude! Like our that's a biggest, great bench. Yeah, our biggest transfer you ever loaded. is now a bench guy. That tells me the scouting department sucks, or that tells me that the front office pulled the trigger on the wrong type of guy that a coach isn't interested in. And also I said that before you. <sighs> I don't I don't know who that could have been. The U22 players are supposed to be hit and miss. That's the whole reason he's a minimal cap hit, $125,000 on the cap instead of a designated player 650,000. He's supposed to be hit and miss, like by design. That's going to happen. But that's why it was so frustrating for me to see this offseason heralded as such a success when this 20-year-old kid was really going to have to be the savior of this attack and clearly that's not going to happen. Anytime soon, at least. And so, where do you go from here? Because the roster is is so bad, is so bad. Justin Miram has clearly lost it. Which that sounds so unbelievably harsh. and I hate saying this, like behind my silly has. little screen. It's but, the like, same Yeah, team. he it, looked it's, 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 it's was really bad and slow, and he looked that team. way at the end of last year too. And Michael Chang is exactly what Michael Chang has been for the last decade at Rail Salt Lake and <laughs> the Rail Monarchs. Elijah Paul, also, I looked it up. Twenty years old. I'll give you that. He's young. Whatever. But man, <laughs> Ruby over is not. And he looks totally s- smack dab average, man. I just don't know. I don't know. The roster yeah. sucks. The scouting department seems to suck. The front office is everybody knew they needed a nine. Every single person in this organization, in this fan base knew that we needed to sign a striker. And for whatever reason, we are a month into the season. And there doesn't even seem to be like a whiff of anybody coming in. Christian Ramirez playing for the Columbus crew, mm-hmm. formerly an RSL target, Chicho Arango down in Liga MX, Former RSL target. Like, I just don't understand how we didn't get anything. Sergio Cordova injured, former RSL player and target. Like just so it was such an obvious need and you've set yourself up for so little success well, starting the year off with so many losses. Did I hit I my ten about minutes? A
0: seven minute? Rant.
1: Yeah. Close that's, enough. It's that's okay. I got in me.
0: Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think the overall summary of this team right now through these last few performances is the team is in absolute shambles and they have no idea how to fix it. I think the fan base might have a little more of a clue uh, maybe than the front office. But um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like um, the Columbus crew brought in uh, Cucho Hernandez for ten million, and and Lucas Delarayn for for seven million. I don't know if you guys saw that tweet. Like, Columbus spend Columbus, Ohio, smaller market than yeah. Salt Lake City. Like, let's no, spend a little
1: more no, money. He, no complaints
0: like there. Guys like that, like Lucas yeah. De La Ryan and Cucho Hernandez, have absolutely changed. Cucho that didn't team. even like, play in are... this game, no, dude. We're complaining on
1: Saverino not playing, and Cucho Hernandez wasn't even yeah. in here. Well, when
0: he does yeah. play, he's 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 incredible. He's an amazing goal scorer. That's the kind of guy that RSL needs. I just wish that they would have invested and spent a little more money in the right people. Like I, I've been a guy that's been saying for a while. I don't know if Andres Gomez is the guy. Maybe he is. We did buy him for his potential. And I get that, but we have not seen any, I mean, there's been some, some sparks Careful. here and there. We've seen some stuff. There's we been some sparks seen. here and there. No goals, no assists. And to be fair, it's hard to come by on this team. Cody, as you will always I was gonna say, me. there's I know. no
2: goals or assists for the whole
0: team, but <laughs> oh. this team has been an absolute oh, shambles. Word. Um, we suck. The, the thing that I I appreciate from <laughs> Pablo Mastrenny, so I, I want to try and get I, I want to try and talk about at least a little bit of positive from this game, right? Can I can I interrupt
2: real quick before I get in the positive? Yes. Before you get to the positive, <laughs> Alex positive. was 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 talking about the the killer pass that came from my question about asking yes. him what oh, takeaways I stuck out was most. A, I knew it. I knew You have great person. questions,
0: by the way. <laughs>
2: Thank you. It, it, my question to him was what takeaway stuck out most to him. And I wanted to just highlight those really quick. The first one was um, being able to, well, he talked about being able to link passes and, and that, you know, that's we were looking for the killer pass <laughs> and we weren't like,
1: that's a lie. We weren't like yeah, passes. yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. And, and um, he also talked about being really good in training. A couple of the other things he talked about was some of the anxiety that the players may feel uh, to not lose the game which to me that's like be, his
1: whole thing
2: yeah, that should be a that's a pressure that you're constantly facing his so that one is thing kind of is about how
1: game he's game. such a good man motivator yeah
2: um, and then the, the last thing he talked about was that the, the defense was not compact enough so just to give kind of a, an overview those were from what he said some of his biggest takeaways from yesterday um yeah it, it you, you guys have already touched on a lot of stuff and and really uh, to me the biggest takeaway i had from this game is is Pablo has to do better at managing this team.
1: I just don't think there's a plan. If everyone says practices are going great, and then you get absolutely gobsmacked in back-to-back games, clearly there's a something's th- wrong. There's something at fault with the way you're practicing. The right. things you were being asked to do that you were doing successfully Monday through Friday, and then an un- an inability to implement those on game day, or. Correctly implementing them and still losing—that comes yeah. down to coaching and, for me. And I and don't I, know that a better coach comes in and immediately turns this team around because again, the roster is yeah. bad. The roster—I I don't bad. think so either. But but I, I do don't think... think a bad roster and a bad coach is a great combination. No, I don't think he's not. getting. <laughs> and, and and the way that we're looking at everyone having regressed, I don't know that there's a single player that is benefiting from having Pablo Maserini as their head coach when That's every true. single That's person has taken a step back across the board. From year twenty twenty two to year twenty twenty three, that comes down to coaching for me. And I yeah. just don't know that he's playing to anyone's strengths. Anyone's I wanted
2: involved. to I wanted to touch too on I, I, I need I, when I said I wanted Pablo to take some accountability, you're right. I don't need him to come into these post game conferences and be sad or depressed or be, oh, what was me, I'm I'm doing a bad job. But I haven't heard anything from him just saying I need to do better. Yeah. I need to take accountability for this team. This is where I need to step up. This is where I need to improve. He always he,
0: he
1: says we. will need to go back and look yeah. at the tape. Or he like it was, it's ever like about the, players a the lot. game plan was wrong or it's yeah. always like the mentality. That's you, it's just like nebulous idea of mentality was wrong or yeah. we didn't score in big moments and goals change games. Like, yeah, you're not scoring because you're not creating any opportunities. You get one good Michael Chang shot in this whole game. Yeah. Yeah. Like yep. that's a problem. RSL didn't get it. They got what? One penalty. Awarded last year in Colorado, I think that was genuinely it. The entire season yeah. that says something about how rarely you're getting into the box.
0: The creativeness Uh-oh. of the team.
1: All
2: all leaders to some extent, no matter what capacity you're you are a leader, you have to be accountable to the people on your team and to the people that are above you. You are accountable for your performance. And so yes, it is a team effort. The players on the field, whatever. Pablo, I challenge you guys next time he's talking, listen to him and and let me know if you hear the word I in there ever because listening to him speak, I, I didn't hear him ever say I'm going to work. I was going to say that
1: actually cuts kind of deep. <laughs> that's
2: <laughs> well, it, it, I, that's what it is. I mean, I'm going to go walk, back and rewatch him because you might be right. I, I need him to say, I'm going to change this. I'm going to make changes. I'm going to adjust this because it just doesn't happen anyway. That's that's what I've got as, as far as that game goes.
0: So, Alex, you mentioned how the team talked about how successful a preseason they had. As If you remember, this team actually went undefeated in preseason mm-hmm. somehow um, and has been quite the opposite to uh, to start this year. Three points out of, I believe, five games now. Um, a wise man their, once their said preseason season.
1: doesn't matter at all.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But okay, that wise man was me in case I, you don't remember I want to try my best to to try and turn the positive um, Pablo in, in post game for all the crazy stuff that was said he did talk about how you keep doing things the same way and expect the same or expect different results it's not going to happen you got to change it up that's why they change it up that's Alex as you mentioned that's that's something that we saw that was relatively positive is changing things up maybe trying something a little different that's something that's at least encouraging. And Gavin Beaver's getting his first start. I personally, if I were the coach of the team, I would have rather put him in more of an environment where he had probably a better chance to succeed, which could potentially be this weekend. But that that's just me. Um, it is great to see him get that experience. And they were talking about his confidence being at an all-time high. I'm kind of worried that that might be somewhat damaged, but... Regardless, um, it is exciting to see these young guys get in there. Mecca and Nelly, Cody, you talked about him and both you and I were at that um that St. Louis game the first half. He was fantastic. Even the second half he was like okay, but like I, I've really liked what I've seen from Mecca and Nelly. He's done well. He's done and Andrew well. Brody might need to be worried about his job if Brian if Brian Oviedo ever recovers from his injury and comes back, because you're right, Cody, Brody has not looked great through um through the last four games at the very least. Um, but That's look at so, many games.
1: Look, look so at, many games to not. Look I, I,
0: I want you guys, Kate, I, I understand that the start of the season has been really bad. Look at the schedule though for RSL right now, the teams that they have faced have not been pushover teams and the, the, the lowest team that they lost against Austin is, I, I think their roster guys is actually better than what their record indicates as of. but how
1: much of that is, them getting to play us and crushing us. Cause looking at these teams from the perspective of 2022. And again, we're early in the year of teams coming into this season. I would have said that us. we actually had a pretty soft <laughs> schedule. We would, we have a pretty soft schedule. Vancouver false. trash, Seattle, 2022 trash. We'll Austin, we beat Vancouver. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, I'm just saying it was Louis a soft first. schedule. That was Seattle. Soft. Seattle should have been soft. St. Louis, every single person in the world predicted them to be trash. St. Louis, Columbus didn't even make the playoffs, did they? We I, the, the real case that's
2: going to have playoffs. to be made here is that you're going no, to have to say it's, that it's, we have no. had the hardest last four games of any other team in the we league. Have
0: I think we have? I really. The do reality,
2: think the reality of that right now is that we are one goal for and twelve goals against in the last four games. Our goal differential is negative eleven. You want talk
0: goal differential? That's terrible. You want to talk goal <laughs> differential? You want to talk goal differential? Combined goal differential from all the opponents that we have lost against this year plus twenty five staggering yeah,
2: because they're playing against us yeah because they got to pad their stats by dropping but, four on us
0: <laughs> okay so you want to minus the four the four that's still plus at the 17.
2: end of the day
1: we have yeah, and we, we have didn't score on them so that's 14, like another 15. padding of their stats dude we have so negative 10 goal differential through two or you through guys just five, five games there's you. nothing positive man i'm sorry but For like combined, there's
2: there's individual mm. positives that you can find. There if are the, individual player. If the performances positive
1: spin positive. is that we've had a hard schedule and despite that hard schedule, we still suck, I don't know that that's really much of a positive. I love you, Ethan. You're. I love you. I'm sorry. I'll. I'm gonna sip my tea. <laughs> Hit us with tea. the positive. water. Ethan. I don't even know why you just said that. <laughs> We're I'm ready. That for it. far off the rails.
0: <laughs> you guys Ethan's- gonna let me try my best to be positive? Yeah, I'm for those setting who can't a timer say.
1: on my, I am muting myself for the next two and a half minutes. Ethan's really biting his tongue, trying I am to trying to be positive. Alex's being
2: negative here, you
0: guys know everybody out there knows it's not easy to be positive about this team. Okay, some would say impossible.
1: Very some would much. say there's
0: nothing to be
2: positive about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going if we don't laugh, it. we'll cry. <laughs> We're ready. <laughs> We're ready Ethan. Are you sure? Yes. Hit us with it. Okay, let's
0: try this again. So the goal differential of all of our opponents (laughs) that we have lost against is plus 25. If you take away, what, the four goals from St. Louis, the four goals from this last game against Columbus, one goal from Seattle, gets down to about 15, 16, which is still relatively high. That's good. RSL does have the worst goal differential in the league by far now. It's not even close yet somehow remain in 11th place. We're only three points out of a playoff spot with a game in hand. Somehow. I have no idea how. Um, the other thing, the combined record of these teams, yes, I know they all beat RSL, but the combined record is 14 wins, three draws, six losses. St. Louis and Seattle are at the top of the West. I understand Austin's the seventh. I still think their roster is better than the record. And Columbus is in fourth right now in the East. So... I think that they have had a fairly difficult schedule through the first little bit. Yes. These teams may not have been as good last year, but this year is a completely different story as RSL has been showing us this year's completely different. So I think these teams have been a lot better. We've had a little bit of a tough schedule. It, it I'm not going to say it softens up necessarily, but it looks like it may get a little bit better now for RSL, as far as their performances, I don't know if it will get better. Um, with this roster, but that is
1: somewhat of a positive
0: spin that I am trying to put on this.
2: This I think that's where the optimism lies really here is that no matter what has happened to this point, there is the opportunity to improve going forward. And you know, our starting point now, exactly. (laughs) Our starting point right now is, is, is pretty low. And so really we only have up to be able to go. And that probably leads really well into our preview for Charlotte. I agree. Um, which I, look, going into this game, Ethan, I think you tweeted this out, that this this is looking like a must-win game. And I will say this is a must-win game if you want to prove anything as a team for Real yes. Salt Lake. You're going against a team right now who is currently, if, if playoffs started today, you know, five, six games in, uh, Charlotte would not be in it. So I would argue they are not a great team, and they are going to be playing at our home. This so, is a game where you, you have got everything to prove as Real Salt Lake, and you have to do it. Yes,
0: I agree. Uh, I did tweet that out. You are right. Um, And I don't say that about a ton of games necessarily, but I do feel like this is a must win game for RSL at home against the Charlotte team. And if they don't win this game, I I think a draw is not even a success at all in this one. Um, If you don't win this game, the rest of the season for regular season MLS play kind of may look like a developmental season. And I think it, it should, if we lose this game, honestly, Um, the team Th- think Which about. I, I think. It, I think it was the Open Cup last year. I think Orlando won the U.S. Open Cup last year. Like, if Orlando last year could win the Open Cup, any team can do it. And so and I DC think
1: United did it in 2013.
0: Yeah, to score goals.
1: You do have to score goals, but goals I think change games. Cody. I think. No. I, think
0: what, <laughs> I think what RSL does is they devote all of their resources and everything they have to Open Cup games, and just pray, just pray that they can get results in
1: that because. If they lose this game, you're not getting anything out of the regular season. Right? Now that's music to my ears. That's the positive I'll give you. The positive from <laughs> this year is that we suck so bad that we might put more of an emphasis on the U.S. Open Cup. I appreciate that. And I've concocted a wonderful question in my mind because this discourse has taken place all over RSL media in whatever form you take it in. You are ownership. You wake up, you won sweet. the lottery. You won multiple lotteries because you're going to need, after taxes, you're going to need to win a lot of lotteries to be able to buy RSL. So. Not for this. You team. can do two of the following three options. Your goal is to win MLS Cup in 2023. And you can do two of these three things. You can fire and replace Quit. Pablo Money. <laughs> Resign for my position. Resign for your position. Sell the team for a huge win. You can do two of the following three things. You are ownership. <laughs> You can fire and replace Pablo Mastroetti with a coach of your choice. Reasonable coach of your choice. You can fire and replace Elliot Fall with the front office of your choice. Or you can spend $10 million on the roster. You can do two of those three things. What are you doing to get RSL and MLS Cup in 2023? You want to go first, Ethan? You want me to go? If if you are talking about
0: just this year, then it's spend a crap ton of money on guys coming in because Brian, I mean Brian Ojeda, who's who has not looked good, his contract ends in the summer. I think Oviedo might end in the summer too. Like you need so this, to sign. So you are saying
1: spend ten million dollars, and do you find it even necessary to take one of the other two options, or do you I think mean, that fixes it? Can I
0: take all of them?
1: You can only take two. You can only, only take two. two.
0: What was what was the second one?
1: Because so you can fire Pablo, you can fire Elliot, and you can spend ten million dollars, oh, but you can only shoot. do two of the three. I need all
0: three, man. I know. <laughs> if I, if it was
1: up to me, I would replace the front office, Same. and then with the front office I trust, I would Paul give them ten and million dollars, ten million dollars in the op- or in the summer window to try to fix this thing, and I would give Pablo the opportunity to make some magic
2: happen. Yeah. I think that's that would, that would be my answer too. Okay. Spend the 10 million and replace Elliot Fall in the front office because Pablo's to me his impact is to take the players that he's given and do the best that he can. And so a game by game basis that role and responsibility is on him. If you're looking at the outlook for the future, that is Elliot Fall and that is the ability to spend money. Hmm. So if we're talking about winning stuff in the future and what we need to build this team to, you've got to replace the long-term things. Yes, the head coach plays into that, but he is very much Game to game, he's he's responsible for that.
0: I'm glad we all agree on that. Um, let's go I, ahead. And I get thought to... it'd be a
2: little bit more divisive, but okay.
0: Should we go ahead and get into the game preview officially? officially? Yeah, if we officially. have to. Um, <laughs> we're going to preview the Charlotte game. This game is at home against Charlotte. 7:30 p.m. kickoff time. Home game, so make sure to be there for this one. Charlotte are currently 14th in the East with one win, two draws, and two losses. Coming they off of a 2-2 draw against Toronto, they previously had a draw the game before that. And the game before that, they had a win with uh, with two losses before, uh, or uh, three losses before that. Um, and so... They suck. Yeah, I... I I've, <laughs> so, <laughs> so do we, though. Um, I've, I've taken a lot of time out of my weeks, and I've gone back and I have watched the recap for every single MLS game this year. Um, I didn't do it all in one day, but like week by week, I have watched the recap for every single MLS game. Do you know how many
1: games there are in a week? That's impressive. Are
0: you serious,
1: dude? Yes. Yes. Oh my word.
0: I've committed to doing that. um, Mostly because I may have a potential future opportunity to cover MLS in some way or another, but also because I really want to be able to be somewhat knowledgeable on the opponents that RSL face and that we talk about on the podcast. Um, Charlotte, you guys are right, have not been good this year. They do not look good. They concede a good amount of goals. They don't score a ton. And their best, pl- arguably their best player on their team, um, Enzo Copetti, who came in to the team this offseason, who was supposed to be a fantastic transfer, a huge DP, a big goal scorer, has not quite done that up <laughs> the expectations. Charlotte, I see.
1: So, they're just like us, baby. Yes. I was going to say, are you talking about us? Yes. Or... yes. That's terrific. Yeah.
0: So, I... That That is why I say this is a must win game is because this game is easily winnable. It is vi- obviously with RSL's current roster, it might be a challenge, but they need to win this game. Like if they don't win this game, there's not a lot of games out there they can win. And I was thinking Colorado was going to get the wooden spoon, but they actually looked decent against LAFC yesterday. Like I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if that game ended in a tie. Um, haven't watched the recap for that one, obviously yet, but um, let's see. Yeah, it ended in a tie. It did. Wow. So I mean And I they thought, just tied with Austin FC the week yeah, before. So I thought Colorado was gonna be wooden spoon. I think RSL might be in in talks in about it. Mon- Mon- We're Montreal. chasing trophies,
1: baby. We're chasing trophies.
0: Montreal lost to Vancouver yesterday, five zero. So uh they're in absolutely right. but yes. Um <laughs> let's <laughs> so I'm going to give my score prediction for this game with all the things going on in the team, man. Huh. I have to say win now, but I,
1: you go first. Someone else to go first. Anything, I'm going, going to say, I'm going to say they have looked better in their last three games than we have mostly because nobody Sorry. can possibly look worse than we have in our last three True. games. I want to say there's going to be some like RSL magic and we're going to get it done, but I don't know. I don't know if Dami starts. I don't know if Carlos Gomez starts. I don't know, if, doesn't know if he plays. I don't know if Luna starts. I don't know anything. I think there's too many question marks. I think Mar- getting Marcelo back should be a good thing. Don't know that it will At be. three, baby. It, it might. It might. I don't know. Probably will a, be. It, oh, man. Oh, this should be Hazy El Roscoe's season. Oh, that drives me so nuts. I think RSL ties 2-2, and I think it feels like a loss. I'm going to say we – very specific prediction a la Total Soccer Show – RSL is going to tie 2-2, but it's going to feel like a loss with a late game equalizer from Charlotte.
0: Okay, I've worked through my inner uh, issues here, and I want to go with a win, but I'm not going to. I've been feeling like this one's a draw because there have been so many issues with RSL. I feel like through the span of 90 minutes at home against the Charlotte team, RSL can muster a goal at some point. And so I think they get a goal, but I also think that Charlotte gets one as well. And I think this game ends 1-1 for two teams that are not very high-powered on offense, but then also sometimes concede. So 1-1 for this game draw.
2: Cody, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to oppose both of you, and I'm going to say a 3-1 win. Yeah! For real. I think... Let's do it. And that's not just me. I mean, it is me being optimistic, because at this point, a win for us is optimistic, which is sad. But... We have the power. I think we think about last game sitting Demir, sitting Carlos Gomez and not having Savarino. If all three of them are back, our attack is immediately higher octane than it was in the last game. Um, And we're, we're at home against a team who has not scored more than two goals in a game. I think this bodes well for us. I really hope it does. Really what I'm what I'm leaning on with that decision is the fact that there has to be major changes this week. If you come into a game against Charlotte at our home and we lose at home to them, then the, the situation immediately becomes that much more dire and serious for people like Pablo and yeah. for the players on the team. So that that pressure is going to be felt this week, I think, and I, I'm, I'm being optimistic that that leads yes. to a, at least a 3-1 win or some type of win.
0: Cody says pressure makes diamonds. So we shall see about that. My one to watch for this game is going to be a guy that has not been one. To be fair, a lot of the team has not really been any one to watch this year. But Rubio Rubin is my one to watch for better or for worse. I don't know if he starts in this game. I don't know if he comes off the bench, but I think he will probably get playing type in some type of way. And he is the he's a forward on this team. He's a guy that, you know, Bobby Wood and Sergio Cordova leave. Goals got to come from somewhere. And so, Rubio Rubin, I picked you as my golden boot winner at the (laughs) beginning of the season. It's not going so well, especially because you were suspended for the one game we actually did win. Um, But I need you to score goals, buddy. Um, And so, if he does or doesn't, could be the outcome of this game. My 1-1 prediction, I think he gets the goal. And he should. And he needs to. Um, And so, Rubio Rubin is my
1: one to watch for this game. Elijah Paul, one to watch. A wise man once said in preseason that Elijah Paul was going to be the golden boot winner for Real Salt Lake. Uh, He wasn't wise because of that statement, but he was indeed wise in other ways. I think he's going to be a dog, and I think he's going to play, and I hope he does well, and that's all I got. I don't know. We're probably going to still play with two strikers, I think. I don't think there was enough to show that we should really go away from that because it wasn't any better or worse than what we had been doing before. My guess is Sabarino doesn't play. Pablo did yeah. not sound super no. optimistic that he would. When they say that he hopes he'll be back, that means he's planning for him not to be. I think. So yeah. my guess would be Elijah Paul gets the start, and I don't know. He had a couple of good movements, and I want to be right. So Elijah Paul. One to
0: watch. <laughs> Cody, what do you think? Who's your one to watch for this game?
1: My one to watch, as long as he plays, is
2: Carlos Gomez, and I think he will play. Andres. Um, Andres Gomez, Carlos Gomez. Last name is other Gomez. Other um,
0: Carlos Gomez.
2: He, yeah, please not Thomas. Anyways, uh, yes, Andres Gomez is, is my one to watch for this game. I think this this climate, this uh, situation, it all sets up perfectly for him to get his first goal. Sure. Um, and I, I, I want to see him not just get that, but also an assist. I think if Savarino plays, I think he also gets a goal yeah. in this game. I think um, really, like I said, the, the pressure needs to add up to something. And uh, I think it happens this game. So... I am optimistic, but I think Carlos Gomez gets gets the goal and hopefully an assist, and he's he's my one to watch for this game.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you all very much for your score predictions and your ones to watch. We hope that you'll be watching this game. Um, it'll be, <laughs> Alex, 7.30 <laughs> p.m. kickoff time this Saturday uh, against Charlotte as a reminder. Um, hopefully better weather for this game than uh, It's than looking like games. it's going to be really nice. Yeah, it'll be perfect. So at the very least, maybe go for the good weather. Um, um. And yeah, to to watch RSL, right? <laughs> okay. Play any well, final wait, wait, comments wait. before we wrap up and take off?
1: Today. I love recording this podcast. Genuinely, as much as I hate the way the the trajectory of this team, I love following this team, and I love doing this with you two boys every week. And I enjoy that people listen to it, and I appreciate all the interaction. And I love everyone that uh, contributes to the pod trivia database you're all chasing for second place because Brian Gibson pod trivia president is just running away with it.
0: I was thinking about this week, man, we are very fortunate to be able to record a podcast. I, I love doing this. It's something I have thought about doing for quite some time. And the fact that people actually listen to me and my outrageous takes, I very much appreciate it. And so big, thank you to, uh, to all of you who are listening to the episode today. i um, just very grateful and happy to be in this position and uh I'm happy to be here with you guys every single week. Uh, Cody, any final comments before we, we take off?
2: Yeah, I mean, just second seconding what you guys said. I, I love the the RSL community, the fans. The reason that we go through podcasts like this, that we have discussions like this, is because we care so much about this team. And at the end of the day, we are diehard fans for the club, and, and we want to succeed. So it, it comes from a place of love, uh, even if it doesn't always sound like it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Let's go ahead and end the episode today. Thank you all
0: once again, very, very much for listening to the episode. We appreciate your time and listening to us on this fantastic, uh, whatever day you are listening to and whatever time (laughs) you're listening to. If you haven't already, be sure to follow RSL season pass at RSL season pass on Twitter. Um, you can find all of our episodes at www.rslseasonpass.com. Be sure to leave a rating and review. If you feel so inclined, we would very much appreciate it. Um, also, You can find Cody at the Kodiak1 on Twitter. You can find Alex at Alex Mauer on Twitter. You can find me at EthanKershaw9. Once again, thank you all very much for your time. I hope you enjoy the game this weekend, and we will talk to you all next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of RSL Season Pass. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you download your podcasts. If you didn't enjoy the show, uh, please keep that to yourself. Be sure to check back next week for a new episode. Same time, same place.